0: A sustainable future no matter where you look today one of the common drivers across all industries is to go green whether it's tackling fast fashion the growth of green financial investing sustainable agriculture and carbon reducing city planners and at Mobile Congress this year it was no different green technology was undoubtedly one of the top trends underpinning next generation products and solutions and in this green tech special episode my colleague Ben talks to some of the innovative companies who are looking at sustainable solutions that you might expect to see in years to come. So listen up here for some more innovations around air quality monitoring, 3D printed drones and plant-based batteries. Over to you Ben.
1: So we're here in MWC and we are looking, it was a really exciting part of the the, uh, conference here where some of the some of the startups have gathered with some of the brightest minds and the incredible ideas. Uh, and Obviously uh, sustainability is at the heart of a lot of that. Um, I'm here uh, with Lobelia Air uh, and the CEO and co-founder, Lila Romero. Ram- Lila, please, thank you so much for talking to us. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you're developing.
2: Lobelia Air is a solution for air quality monitoring and forecasting at street level in any city in the world. We are using satellite information together with um, in-situ centers that exist in any city. It also works with low-cost centers. We use meteorological organization um, information, uh, population density, traffic information. And with all of these sources of data, we um, provide with a continuous solution that gives hourly air quality monitoring at street level. And it's scalable to any city worldwide.
1: So city and town planners can get live information, essentially, about the quality, the air quality. It can make decisions. That's and, correct. And, and, and they can use it to uh, effectively manage traffic or they could use it to reduce uh, carbon emissions and just by, by knowing what's going on, having that information. Yeah, they
2: can use it also for strategic planning. They can check the efficiency of certain interventions in the city. They can also use it to plan... Like what are the best routes to schools, or it can be used by other um, solutions for I don't know. For instance, like running apps that want to that want to know the level of exposure to air pollutants when you are on route. Our solution includes also a routing system, so a health routing system to check your exposure and what is the best route. To be less exposed, like the least exposed to to pollution as possible, and what is the best time for you to go on a certain trip around the city or uh, to a park or uh, the levels at schools? This is already operational in Madrid, in Barcelona. It was actually in the national newspapers, like with a very deep coverage on how schools are exposed to to air pollution and yeah these type of, of solutions are really important to move to smart mobility systems for instance
1: tell me a little bit about the technology that you you need to make this solution work and how that's developed over the last few years how's this become possible
2: this is all started um, with a project where we were working with a dutch meteorological agency KNMI. They are the principal investigators of most of the air quality satellites worldwide, especially Sentinel-5P, which is uh, something that we are currently using. One of the researchers had developed this algorithm that is peer-reviewed, and it's actually open, so the methodology is fully transparent. And we actually evolve it, including forecasts and and operationalizing the input of all of these sources of information and processing it with it. It is cloud based at the moment, fully um, deployable anywhere and very easy to access with an API. So, we also actually, there are people like um, health researchers or health institutions that query LAT, LON, and specific time and retrieve directly from the app over one of the cities where we have uh, coverage
1: was it possible to do this five years ago with is, is, is the advances in technology making this achievable and scalable in a way that wasn't achievable before
2: cloud computing is certainly helping a lot and also satellite technology because sentinel 5p has indeed revolutionized the type of air quality information that we can have anywhere today, daily.
1: Was there a particular reason that you wanted to start in air quality? Was there...
2: We started working on this project a few years ago, actually, like around five years ago in China. And that was because we had a lot of partners that were suffering a lot uh, from air quality and they needed this very new technology. We developed it there also with the Finnish meteorological organization, with very top of the game scientific minds that were developing these new algorithms. And that worked very well, and it performed very well. And we decided to actually establish it as a product and deploy it in Barcelona and Madrid, where cities that we know that actually needed it, And here in Barcelona, for instance, we open it to everybody and so thousands of citizens were checking it. It's on the news, it's used by the news channel to actually report and there's been a lot of movement in terms of schools and exposure and changes in urban planning from the use of this data.
1: So I'm here with Eduard Gomez. CEO and co-founder of Aldora tech efficient and sustainable last mile delivery tell me a little bit about what you're what you're innovating
3: so in 2021 we started a startup that will complement the terrestrial delivery conventional that delivers amazon e-commerce or food delivery and we thought about drones we were three aerospace engineers and we develop and we design and manufacture drones mostly made by by 3d printing carbon fiber and glass fiber so we have right now our second mvp tested that can carry three kilograms up to 60 kilometers wow. so our main goal is to reduce the carbon emissions in cities up to 80 percent of the current terrestrial transport uh, trucks and, and other stuff so it's a complement but in these early stages won't be implemented because the regu- european regulations is not really advanced so the this year we are focusing our resources into the medical supply deliveries in more rural zones and also in the industrial zones that has less people less restrictions but we will be able to stay in the front of the development of these technologies to a uh, future implementation in, in cities. It's our main goal. So what
1: are the main technologies then that, that have enabled you to develop this?
3: 3D printing, 3D printing with PETG, it's a plastic, that it's recyclable, and 75% of the plane, it's made by PETG. So this was the, the key factor, and then other manufacturing processes with carbon fiber and glass fiber that are not that kind of pollutant
1: i assume you need to have you know lightweight fast charging batteries as well
3: yes we are in touch with different um, technological companies that will allow us to recharge our batteries in dock stations for example others that has that can we that we can implement solar systems in the in the uh, in the wingspan, also reduce the noise of the um, propellers. We are in touch with in, in UK uh, in Southampton, some guys doing PhDs there. We have uh, an NDA, an M, and an MOU, an MO. So. We are trying to push the the regulations, and we are trying to stay in the first row. To when will it be possible to to implement this technology? Stay in the front.
1: It's. I mean, it's it's obviously going to be really crucial in bringing down carbon emissions in cities. When we can solve that last last mile, how frustrating is it that the regulation doesn't doesn't seem to have caught up?
3: It is always frustra- frustrating, but it is what it is. We can only do is. Develop the technology and show the regulators, the administration that the technology can work. It is working, and it's just them to accept it or not. Or not.
1: What's the sort of the end goal, if you like? If you've got, you're talking about having sort of uh, solar or uh, photovoltaics on on the wings and and all that. Is that that's that's pretty exciting?
3: I main goal is to reduce the carbon emissions, the, the traffic in cities. So we are not just focusing on aerial drones we are thinking also about terrestrial drones that can carry packages in the in the cities near the bicycle train we are just wondering a better a better environment in cities
1: now we have found something quite extraordinary this is pjpi limited uh, Inketsu Okina is the Director and Chief Intelligence Officer. And I can see on your board, it says, a mass producer of patented plant-based carbon batteries for the sustainable future. Tell me about it.
4: Yeah, so we have a special technology to convert any plant material into carbon. And we use this carbon to make uh, batteries. And our battery has been mass produced. And the characteristic of our carbon batteries uh, Uh, The first, it's not explosive. The conventional lithium-ion batteries are explosive, but we are not. And the second is uh, our battery do not contain any uh, rare metals such as nickel, cobalt, manganese. And those metals are actually associated with uh, various human rights issues, uh, including child labor in Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, environmental issues, and also those uh, materials are basically uh, monopolized by certain countries and the battery productions are basically uh, monopolized by a certain country um, and we are actually free from those a uh, supply chain and th- uh, besides those sustainable factor our battery has a good performance which is the first uh, uh, characteristic of the performance is we our battery can charge 10 times faster than conventional lithium ion battery. So, for, for example, uh, we have a ba- uh, battery for e bikes, and we can charge our e bikes within 20 minutes, uh, com- compared to, uh, in contrast, uh, the conventional one is three to five hours. And another uh, characteristic is uh, our battery can last more than 20 years. Your smartphone needs to be replaced every three years, right? In our case, it's uh, 20 years. Because of that, uh, we can reduce a lot of CO2 uh, produced from production of batteries because uh, our battery can last uh, long. So it's a very sustainable battery, and at the same time, it's uh, very powerful and innovative.
1: Tell me a little bit more about what you're using the batteries for. You've mentioned the e-bikes, but what, what other products are they going into? So
4: actually, a battery has two, mm, two major applications. The first is mobility, and the second is storage. In terms of the mobility, uh, we have integrated our batteries into uh, e-bikes, e-scooters, and uh, electric cart. And uh, for energy storage, we have uh, integrated our battery into a power bank, power station, like one kilowatt. And also we are doing some uh, mega solar project because our battery is safe and long, long lasting. So it's great for uh, renewable energy storages and uh, mega solar, mega wind, uh, those energy storages.
1: So, so you've got, so if I'm right, and correct me if I'm wrong, the batteries are made with, on the one side, you've got your graphite, and on the other side, you've got the carbon to-, to... Oh,
4: actually, um, uh, we have two products. Uh, this mass-produced version is called single-carbon batteries. The reason why it's called single-carbon battery is a uh, battery has uh, plus and negative. And for the plus side, uh, we use a material uh, like LFP, not exactly as LFP, but it's common metal. And uh, the negative, uh, we use a plant carbon. The second, and this is uh, for mainly for storages and personal mobilities, that I mentioned like electric scooter and electric uh, bikes. But the second product is called dual carbon battery. The dual carbon battery for both plus and negative have our plant carbon and this is innovative product. Uh, Actually other uh, company have never realized this technology before because the chemistry of the battery is completely different. Lithium ion battery, charges from cathode to anode and discharges from anode to cathode. It's like one direction, but dual carbon battery or dual ion battery in general is plus and negative at the same time to the cathode and anode. And uh, when it charges, it moves from electrolyte to uh, electrodes. And when discharges, it moves from electrodes to electrolyte. And uh, we are going to mass produce uh, this within two years. And this is completely a sustainable product because it doesn't even have a common metal. So it's very innovative and uh, we have already prototype and this has 5.2 volt, which is one of the highest voltage in the market. And if we can realize this mass production, uh, we can revolutionize EV batteries and EV uh, electric airplane batteries, or even we can make flying taxi or those uh, very innovative applications.
1: Obviously, I could not stop by the Huawei booth, and I have found Henk Koopmans, who's the CEO of R&D in the UK. And I know Huawei's uh, got three big priorities this year at MWC, and one of them is in sustainable technology. Henk, tell us a little bit about what we can see from a sustainability carbon reduction point of view here uh, at Huawei this year.
5: Yeah, that's great. Thanks, I mean Actually, sustainability has been in Huawei's strategy for many, many years. So for us, it's not even trendy. But uh, what we're showing here is that sustainability is important, both in tech, creating the ability such as 5G to reduce the carbon footprint, for example, for a base station or a network. We see it in the supply chain, how all the components come together into creating a network. And that's really important to make that sustainable. But we also see how users, businesses, consumers actually now can use this new technology and systems and actually be more sustainable themselves.
1: So we've got an example of a 5G base station that uh, it's a cabinet, it's outdoors, it's simpler, it's using less raw materials, saving carbon through the the production and also in terms of the power generation as well. Tell us a a little bit more about that.
5: Yes, that's absolutely right. And of course the, the technology inherently uses less wattage per bit if i may put it that way and that's of course really essential that i think that the transition to 5g is not just important to give us more capacity and everything else but just be as as a world be more sustainable so the quicker we can roll out the better it will be for the world actually
1: I know there have been a lot of developments in fiber and in optics, fiber optics, you know, and, and being able to reduce copper and things like that. What, what have been the big leap forwards in the last few years on that?
5: Yeah, I think the the speed, that if you look at what's been achieved now in photonics, in fiber optics, the speed, the capacity that we can now deliver. And don't we deliver it anymore to the cabinet, we deliver to the house, we deliver it to the room. And I think that's what you've seen here in Mobile World Congress as well. Uh, there's some examples here. I think Huawei's done a stand as well where actually it's a fibre to the room and what a difference that can make in the way we, we use ICT, full stop, services, applications. And again, it will make everything more sustainable because of the technology we can bring to the individual.
1: Finally, I know obviously the development of cloud and AI and the use of big data has been instrumental in some of the uh, solutions around um, protecting our environment and protecting some of those fragile ecosystems, which I know is something uh, we've been working with uh, Rainforest Connection with for quite a while. It's really exciting, isn't
5: it? It is really exciting. It's exciting in terms of what it means in terms of sustainability and wildlife protection. It's also really exciting for staff that work at Huawei. It's great that you work on these technologies like AI and artificial uh, intelligence, augmented reality, etc., but it's great when you go home and say, so what have you done today? Well, actually, I've worked on this project that actually protects red squirrels in the UK. And it's just fantastic. Or I worked on AI, which is actually going to speed up drug discovery. And I think that is really fascinating because it's really important that staff feel that they're working on, on, on projects that actually help the sustainability of the Earth.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the show.
5: Thank you very much.
0: And what's an important point to close on. That was Hank Koopmans, CEO of Huawei UK R&D, talking about the passion projects that lead to the sustainability of this planet. And that's exactly what our guests have been doing now. From scalable solutions that provided real-time air quality monitoring in cities, to 3D-printed drones designed to deliver medical supplies in rural areas, and even plant-based, mass-produced batteries made from agricultural waste. It's really down to these crucial inventions that will pave the way for a greener future across a whole range of industries. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this Green Tech special. Don't forget to subscribe to the Tech Podcast so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.